We kill you with truth, a chuckle at pain with Nate and Chad. Ah, it's, what would we do without the knife, Nate? What would we do without it? Fellas, good morning. We encourage people to like and subscribe. Um, and uh, the fellas are getting ready to go to Vegas. Uh, Nate, how are your plans? Or you, you good oh, to go? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine as of now. Leaving when? Or, sorry, Thursday morning, very early, and uh, coming back Saturday evening. So it's only two nights for me so far. I might extend it if I can create some more uh, work opportunities for myself you know but uh because kind of have to uh justify it um you <laughs> know a trip like a three nights is a lot in vegas i mean no, it doesn't matter when you go three nights is a lot um i guess chad you're gonna be there with your wife for what four nights three nights uh so wednesday through saturday i check out saturday uh we're debating staying on saturday night uh i got invitations to the bet party oh. so uh you know i'm sure that's gonna be a good one so that's a possibility. Um, my brother-in-law uh, lives about 20 minutes outside of Vegas. So there's, a, you know, if we can't get a hotel, we have a place to stay. Because I'm certainly not going to drive all the way back to Phoenix uh, on Saturday night after a night of partying. Well, how do you think Vegas is, you know, it's funny hearing Goodell yesterday, fellas, talk about gambling and, you know, how bad it is and all that. And it's kind of like one of those moments you're like, wait. Where are we? Yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, where, where do you guys sit with Vegas gambling, the NFL these days? Because we know the popularity of football is through the roof. And it's hard to think, Nate, specifically that it's not like that without gambling. It's a huge part of it. Yeah, it, it makes sense. I think um, the financial opportunities in Vegas make sense to 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 go all in with Vegas. Um, it's just a very slippery slope, though, with players and how you control that. And I, and I understand what they're trying to do, keep keep players out of it, but bring everyone else to the party. Like, I think the NFL has five different gambling partners, right? Something like that. And it wasn't long ago when Tony Romo was getting suspended for doing a, an event with a fantasy football mm. company. You know, and so it's things have changed quite a bit. They see the potential there in Vegas. And uh, I love it. I love it because I love Vegas and I've always I've been going to Vegas since I was 19 years old, man, since I had a fake ID and I went there with my college buddies and we stayed four to a room and nobody had any money. I mean, we had like my one friend had like 100 bucks left. And so, you know, we got we got a we got a, a pit boss to open up an entire blackjack table and he gave us all twenty dollars and we and we stayed as long as we could. Uh, that kind of thing until we all lost the 20. I mean, oh, that's great. So I've, so I've been going to Vegas since I was 19. I love it there. And um, but there was always that separation, right? Like we would never touch Vegas. We that's dirty money. It's not dirty money anymore. Roger Goodell sees that all money is good <laughs> for the NFL enterprise. And so, you know, it's a fight, it's a it's a tightrope for him to walk, isn't it? I think it certainly is. Um, now I've been going to Vegas since I was in the sixth grade. When my Pasadena oh, yeah, Bulldogs got a one up, me, man. <laughs> I went there as I went there as a newborn playing uh, <laughs> playing baccarat well, I when I was in my mom's there. tummy. Yeah, we, my pop Warner team. We drove out from California to take on a Vegas team. Uh, we whipped them boys up as you would expect with you know five uh, NFL guys on my pop Warner team, um, and then we went to Circus Circus to celebrate. So yeah, I've been doing Vegas big since I was in the sixth grade, yo. Uh, <laughs> Um, it was also an educational trip to the Hoover Dam. That was also part of our trip. The parents insisted we get some educational trip in. Um, yeah, but to your point, Nate, 
I, I, we talked about this so many times, the, the slippery slope of it all. The owners want the money, um, yet the league is afraid of the perception. So Roger Goodell has to go out in press conferences and speak out of both sides of his face. Yeah, they love the money. They love the gambling partners. They love the Pro Bowl in Vegas. They love now the Super Bowl in Vegas with the highest Super Bowl ticket prices of all time because mm. it's in Vegas. There's something about the Vegas allure that it drives that bigger money. So the owners love that. But at the same time, I think we are literally just a maybe a year, maybe two years away from a documented player or coach situation that stains the integrity of the game. We've, we've seen coaches be involved in, in gambling. We've seen front office personnel be involved in gambling. We've seen players suspended, one for an entire year. Uh, there are sports books at team facilities. So the amount of gambling, how how deeply penetrated it is into things. What that kid from the Patriots uh, who who got who who's being investigated, the wide receiver from the Patriots, what he bet eight thousand three hundred times between college and the NFL. Now it's a lot of small bets, but in the course of that many bets, it seems like it's inevitable that you are going to gamble on yourself or gamble on your team. Which that kid from the Patriots did that when he was in college. He hasn't been documented as an NFL player, but he did that in college, and he always bet on himself to win or to to make the over. He never bet on the under. But again, if you're going to be placing bets at some point and you're betting at that kind of volume, it just literally feels inevitable that at some point your desperation, your your money needs are going to force you to bet the under. You're going to force mm -hmm. you to underperform rather than believing yourself that you're going to overperform. So the slippery slope is there, and someone's going to get caught up in this. And now we're at a point in a very conspiratorial thinking in our country where everything is put into conspiracy. The NFL wants the Kansas City Chiefs because they want Taylor Swift to be a part of the Super Bowl because she backs a certain political candidate. Damn. Now, whenever a call has a controversial aspect to it, there's a gambling opponent. There's a gambling component to that where the league wants something to happen. Vegas wants something to happen. Rather than just being a ref who screwed up, there's always a conspiracy uh, thinking behind this. And this has all been invited in to the party because of the gambling aspect. Think of, uh, think of the temptation for an offensive coordinator who may be disgruntled to uh, mm. to load the dice. So, you know, the over and under on this receiver is 82 yards. Yeah, I'm going to throw it this way. The over under for this running back, I'm going to I'm going to make a bet and make sure that subtle. he doesn't get you subtle know. stuff. Yeah. 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 You really could make some extra money that way. Wow. So you think. Nate, do you agree that this is inevitable? That there will be some sort of... It's probably happening right, not right you now. You think it's already happening? Well, I mean, but guys are cheating, sure. You know, guys are, you know, there's some guys that were beating everything. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of murderers walking the streets right now. You probably looked at the one in the eye in the last week, you know. like Not, not every murder is solved. Not every crime is solved. You know, most people get away with crimes. Most people are not caught from crimes. My car was stolen twice. They didn't catch either guy who did it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you had the word. If anybody, if any, if people don't know the Nate Car stories, they are. Banana. I wrote that story. It's pretty funny. I'm trying to get someone to print it, but uh, oh but I God. can't. Um, but um, no, most crimes don't get solved. I'm not alone in having my car stolen and not, them not finding the guy who took it. Um, you know, they use it for crimes for seven, eight days. And then when it runs out of gas, they ditch it and find another one. I mean, the, the, that's the way the world works. People get away with what they can get away with until they get caught. I guarantee there's some players. And, and by the way, players, there's some players who are broke, who spend all their money and have to find a way to get more money. Like, so they're going to gamble on that. You know what I mean? There's guys who are living 
paycheck to paycheck in an off season, they have to borrow money because they are just that bad with money. So um, the temptation is there to game the system and find a way to get some extra cash, especially when you're in a locker room with guys, you know, the hierarchy of money in the locker room. There's guys who are on the practice squad or making whatever, eight grand a week. I don't know what that is. Not bad. But there's guys in the locker room making a million a week. Okay, so we're all yeah. doing the same job. We're all working hard. One guy's making a thousand times what I'm making here. So so there's temptation to try to keep up with the Joneses and, and do things maybe that are untoward to do that. And maybe the big lesson is you sort of just ignore it until – it sort of happens, but it seems like Chad, the, the NFL is a monster right now. Goodell's going to stick the Eagles down in Brazil to open up. Wow. Opening up football in South America. Wow. Um, that is, yeah. How about that? They, they haven't picked their opponent yet, but it'll be one of the Eagles home games. We are going to see Goodell is convinced uh, and determined to make national, the national football league, American football, Chad, a worldwide sport. Well, the NFL can't get to its stated goal of $25 billion a year revenue without growing the, the, the sport. And that includes international. They've already got a firm footprint over in, in London. Those games sell out every single time. Uh, they've been doing the Mexico series for years and years now in Mexico City. Uh, they have even got, you know, that stadium put up, built up to NFL standards in the locker room. Now they're going to try to conquer, I suppose, South America. Yeah. So I'm not surprised by any of this. Again, I did a trip to the NFL office and spent two days over there. It's it's free to any former player who wants to do this. And the longest meeting I had when I was over there with all the various departments was with the international department because I was blown away by their plans, by the money they're investing in this. There's an NFL office in China. In China, there's an office that is staffed. Now, are they planning on playing games in China anytime soon? I don't believe so. But they're trying to grow the sport within China from a televised product standpoint. So uh, while the low-hanging fruit is London because it's not that far of a trip from the East Coast, uh, Brazil is not that far of a trip from Miami. I've been to Brazil myself. Mexico is not that far of a trip from, from Dallas or Arizona or California. Now China is a whole different animal, but they're trying to grow the brand there. And I think the goal has always been, not always, but recently, to have 40 NFL teams, to have two separate overseas divisions. Um, so we're not there yet, but that is the goal is to eventually get there. Um, and so I'm sure while they're doing their financial calculations, they have figured out when $25 billion a year is going to happen. And now they're looking at the next goal of 35 or 40 billion or 50 billion. How do we do that? This monster did not get here on accident. It has been very purposeful. It's been very methodical and they are very detailed in their planning. A very, a lot of very smart people involved in this. It's going to happen. Wrap your mind around the European division yeah. of football. Wrap around the, the team in Germany, the team in Italy, the team in London, and some, and maybe a team in Spain, or whatever the case may be. That yeah. is going to happen. Yeah, but you can't force people to fall in love with the game that you fell in love with as a kid. And the and the game of football is very American in so many fucking ways. And for for the rest of the world, which is used to a different type of sport, a more free flowing sport. Okay, a sport where the clock is more subjective, a sport where they're not stopping every five seconds to huddle up and talk about stuff and then throwing flags on the field. And then what the fuck is going on? This is going to take a decade or two decades to do this. And they also got to rename it. Football is already taken guys <laughs> everywhere else. So what are you going to call it? 
because when you hear football, they don't think of our football. So there's a lot of what I was gonna say. You can well, watch Australian rules football here in America, and so they still use the term football. And I think to your point, well, but, they're, yeah. but they're not trying to import Australian rules America any or Australian rules football to any no. But I'm saying it's, it's televised here and it's still called yeah. But who football. watches it? Nobody. And they don't make money. <laughs> yeah. London. They don't have a. They don't. They're not trying to expand the Australian rules football league to America and create a no, division it, it, it's anywhere. Funny, else. It's popular, super popular in Australia, whereas our sport <laughs> is saying. super popular worldwide. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. And that, I think London's is, an easy is, one because there's all the American expats over there. But once you start going to other places, don't have that same uh, American community built in within them. The adoption time, to your point, is not years but decades. You know, Nate actually played football in uh, Europe, so I guess you would be the the expert on that one for sure. I did. And you know what they did? You know what they did? They cheered at weird times. <laughs> okay. Um, here's an example. Like we would throw an interception and then the guy on the other team who was running around with the ball that was just ours gets tackled by us. And they're like, yeah, woohoo, you got him. No, they got us. Right. There's another thing they did there. Everyone in the stands had a whistle and they were blowing oh the whistle all game. So you can't play the whistle. I mean, there's, there's different, there's different things about it. Football is one of those games. You got to be watching it since you're a kid to understand the nuance and the drama of American football is built from understanding the nuance and the heroes and the stories behind it. And the tradition, if you just step into it and watch it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And if you don't know who Joe Namath is and Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, you don't know who these people are. It also, lacks a little bit of the weight and the gravity that it does for us because we know the story we've been along for the ride man we love this sport because we love its heroes and the story of it so they have to teach the story not just the current game and i think that's what they need to figure out how to do is to make it make the story relevant to an international crowd somehow well, I think it's inevitable that there is a European division one way or the other. I think in England, there is a generation of, of fans that have grown up with American football there. They just have. I mean, Nate, the last time you played in Europe was a few years ago, right? I mean, it's, well, it's 20, not, 20 years ago, but they exnade the, the NFL Europe. They don't have it anymore. So they don't have the exposure anymore over there to the to the sport other than the couple of games a year they play in London. And obviously the television streaming packages are better so they can watch NFL over there. Yeah, but they can't go to these games any, <clears throat> anymore. They, they need to put NFL Europe back in place is what they need to do. Well, that'd be a fun minor league system for sure. You know, that, that would be cool to do. But here's the problem with the NFL. They're so big, they don't really need to do that. They can, frankly, Chad, it seems like they can do whatever they damn please. And I think Goodell knows that. So I think somebody asked me, what would I ask Goodell? Now, his press conference yesterday was so much different than it used to be. It used to be on Wednesday and anybody could ask him a question. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. And I fired off some bombs at Goodell over the years. I had a good time with it, but I also struck out many times because it just got much more restricted. Well, now it's, you know, invite only on a Monday. I think they were doing it in the chief's locker room at Reliant stadium for like 50 people, something like that. Invitation only this year. Invitation what? only. On, oh yeah. On Monday. So it gets yeah. superseded by, the opening night all this was done on purpose because the there's always contentious things that come out of this roger goodell press availability so i'm sorry d matt go ahead no 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 i i think um oh gosh you know who was the uh journalist that i'm thinking of jim trotter uh, 
Jim Trotter. Yeah. And, and there was a reporter from Kansas City who I think was speaking on behalf of Jim Trotter, basically asking Roger Goodell about the diversity in the NFL offices. And Goodell defended that vehemently, saying we're 51 percent um, uh, female and minority uh, you know, uh, employees in the NFL right now, and we can do better in different departments. So, so there was a question that snuck in, but Jim Trotter was very, he got fired. I think Chad, right. He did um, for more or less confronting Goodell while working for Goodell. So talk about courage, my goodness, you know, you're asking your boss an incredibly controversial um, racist uh, insinuating based question. So I think that was the end of big open uh, pressers, but still it was asked yesterday. However, you're right. It was buried. I mean, do you guys even know? I mean, did you pay attention? Are we seeing any stories about Roger Goodell today in the presser? No, nothing, Chad. I had to go to pro football talk to, to get the the breakdown in what some of the things he talked about, because yeah, the NFL is trying to bury this annual press availability, which was the biggest press availability for Roger Goodell and the commissioner throughout the entire year. Yeah. Now they're trying to, you know, put a, a lid on that. So it's a, yeah, it's unfortunate when asked difficult questions, powerful people find ways to not answer difficult questions. Um, and I think the NFL, while certainly is, is, is continuing to make progress as far as coaching ranks, we've seen a number of black coaches hired this year. Uh, at the same time, um, the league office does not reflect the player population, does not reflect uh, the advances in, in coaching. Uh, again, having been there myself and walked around to every single department, I would have to say that was true. So if I were Jim Trotter, an employee of the NFL, and I walked around, it would feel a bit odd after being there for years that, hey, something's not right here. We do not reflect the the viewing audience. We do not reflect the the player population. We don't reflect the diversity within the, the coaching rooms. This is a separate entity over here at 345 uh, Madison Avenue. So, um, yeah, Roger Goodell in the NFL chose to sidestep and avoid that possibility uh, of that by having an invitation only presser on Monday night where it would be superseded by Super Bowl opening night and all the insanity of, of Super Bowl media day. So the, the, the questions were the questions that he was asked, were, were they pre-scripted? Did they have to get them approved? Do you think DMAC? No, uh, I don't think it was quite like that, but they're inevitably predictable. There's, there's the questions about, you know, health uh, concerns, um, well, kick there wasn't there wasn't i i did laugh that one of the reporters that got in i mean i guess it's a story about taylor swift i suppose but you want to talk about a softball for the commissioner and to to be invited into that room and ask a question about taylor swift i don't know man what's the question i mean that that's a question that that's the question that Goodell would love, right? Which he did. He said he thinks she's great. What else is he going to say? You know, it's like, wow, I, I'm in Vegas. I work for a media outlet that's been invited. I'm here. And I'm going to ask a question about fucking Taylor Swift. Well, I mean, DMAC, that is. Wow. Um, but that is like one of the main storylines at the Super Bowl is Taylor Swift. I mean, what what is what else are people talking about? No one's talking about the Niners and the Chiefs matchup. No one's talking about Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan's system. Nobody's talking about any of that. Patrick Mahomes going for number three. Nobody's talking about it. It's all yeah, about you, Taylor Swift. You ask the commissioner about Taylor? What, what's even the question? The like, question is, you know, did or, I don't know. How do you man. feel about Taylor? Yeah. Yeah, I don't give a 
It's ridiculous. I think it's a ridiculous question as as well. I understand that it's a topical subject. Sure. But I think for the commissioner, it's a ridiculous question. When there's so many pressing issues around the NFL, the, the question from Jim Trotter from two years ago still has never been adequately answered. Uh, health and safety concerns. Uh, yeah, the, the changes to the game. The officiating was awful this year compared to the technology we have to correct it. And how come the NFL hasn't embraced that more further and deeply? There's so many other things that I would ask before I dug into a Taylor Swift question if I had the opportunity to talk to the commission about anything. The only reason you ask a Taylor Swift question, trust me, I've been there and I've literally done this, is to get yourself attention for asking mm. that type of question. Mm. Um, so that's right up my alley. <laughs> so what's uh, What are your top three attention-getting questions you've ever asked? Uh, I asked about Broncos ownership way before people were talking about it. And my uh, guy, Michael Silver, killed me on NFL Network just because yeah. he and I had a beef at the time. Um, and he apologized later for that. And we made good. Uh, I asked about uh, concussions. Would you let your own kids play football? But he doesn't have any boys. He has two girls. That being said, I asked him. Um, uh, and then the most the most famous question that I ever asked him was, of course, um, have you been drug tested? <laughs> uh, because the marijuana thing was such a big deal. Now, I'll tell you, um, in regards to all of my questions, my my big three, um, weed is like whatever. Seriously. I mean, it's it's not like they promote that you go, uh, you know, partake, but they don't really test or, or at least the punishment isn't what it was. And the testing is way different than what it was in terms of you have to be smoking a chip. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, safety issues. I think the NFL is safer. It is. Um, they've backed way off on certain things. ACL injuries are down. Concussions are down. I think wearing those big, uh, you know, bobblehead sort of things actually does work. It seems to. And in terms of Broncos ownership, well, that's done now, right? I mean, it's a wrap. So I was asked like, what would I ask the commissioner? I, I guess officiating, you know, how do you make that better? But in all honesty, fellas, and if I'm just naive, I'm naive. But the NFL seems like this crazy rocket ship that seems unpenetrable. It's just going to the moon and beyond. I don't know what I would ask him now, I guess. What would you ask the commissioner specifically? What would the question be? Uh, me, I would probably ask him. So the, I, I was just at this NFL benefits meeting a couple uh, on the weekend. Uh, former players um, trying to understand the labyrinth of benefits that are available to it. And it's very, very complicated. Each one has its own application process and approval and this and that. And, and there's a total and permanent disability payout. <clears throat> if you can prove that you're super duper fucked up and a lot of guys try to, you know, spend their lives trying to convince this board that they're super fucked up. And maybe they end up getting um, convincing them that they're super fucked up and they get a total and permanent payout. Well, then you can't even get a real job. And if you make over $30,000 a year, that payment goes away. There's, there seems to be an incentive to show the league how messed up you are and no incentive to get healthy. Why is that? Why is there no incentive for mm. guys to live healthier lives and prove that they're getting better? Because when you played in the NFL, man, you had doctors and trainers all around you at all times. All times. Your job was your body. Your job was your health. And that takes a lot of time to be healthy like that. So now that you're not in that world anymore, it does still take time to be healthy. 
you have to commit hours per day to try to get yourself back on track health wise, but you don't have people doing that and you don't have any funding for that. I think the NFL should provide an incentive to get healthy, understanding the issues that players have. Why are there no incentives for that? Well, that's what I would ask. That's, that's what I would ask. That sounds phenomenal, man. That see, you need a player to ask that question. Nobody else is even going to understand it. Nobody else is even going to have any sort of context for that. That'd be a brilliant question. Uh, I'd be fascinated to hear his answer. Chad, what you, what's your answer to that, Chad? Because you're uh, you're in the, those circles more than I am. Uh, no, I think our medical system is that way. They want to treat a specific issue, not look at a, the, the system, the systemic part of, of it all and how it all ties together. So for the NFL to offer rewards for neurocognitive, you can get money for that. Um, you know, for the concussion study, I had some conversations with some friends who were disappointed that they weren't more damaged from concussions because yeah. they were afraid that they were going to fail their concussion board review. And I was like, it's actually good that you fail this. You mm -hmm. don't want to be so neurologically damaged that you get money from this. I know you're cheap. You're chasing a, a, a cheap payday here, but it's actually good that you're not in, in that place. So, yes, there needs to be some kind of incentive for players to continue to find ways to take care of themselves, as opposed to all the incentives are negative within the um, damages part of the NFL possibilities. Now, as far as, you know, the benefits program, there's an annuity, there's a severance, there's a 401k, there's a health savings plan, there's all those various pieces of it all, which are there in, help, in place to help you take care of yourself after you're done playing. But from a medical standpoint, to your point, Nate, all the medical outcomes that benefit you are negative. So you are incentivized to report things in a worse way than they actually are. And to, I think in some ways, in, to actually believe that you are worse than you actually are. Rather, Because when a former player here in town who's very famous, does a lot of media, was going through the process of trying to apply for benefits, they actually followed him around with a camera and got... Wow video of him at a local uh, hardware store picking up supplies for his yard. So that's how far the NFL is willing to go to try to deny players who played a decade plus in the league when they have clear damage. Yes, because I, I want to take care of my yard does not mean I was not damaged by the mm. game. But again, they incentivize you negatively to not be able to do those kind of things. And there's um, also, yeah. you know, if you – you can get awarded total and permanent disability, and like I said, if you make thirty thousand dollars or more a year, they pull that uh, they pull that benefit unless you work for the NFL. Then you can double dip, and they're okay with that. You can still get your total and permanent if you're also working for an NFL team or the NFL itself. Then it's cool, but if you're not working for the NFL, then it's not cool. And these sorts of uh, dichotomies, sort of. Um, uh, hypocrisies are are things that um, are we're pissing guys off at this meeting for sure, I bet, I bet. and and, um, and continue to be things that make you say hmm when it comes to the NFL and their treatment of former players. Guys, great conversation. It would be interesting if there was a press conference for journalists and there was a Goodell press conference with ex players. Wouldn't that mm, be interesting? That would be you know, very interesting um, because there would be concerns brought up. Boy, you got to actually, I'm thinking about that. Why isn't that a thing? Like, why isn't there um, that sort of availability? That's one to work on right there. Yeah. Troy Vincent is a part of the 
you know, the upper levels of the NFL office now. Um, and he is the guy who I think Goodell counts on to speak to former players because Troy Vincent was a former player, Pro Bowl player, played a long time, a decade plus in the league. So he's that guy in place. Roger Goodell can handle all the big wigs and the media and the Jerry Jones of the world. And then Troy Vincent can speak to the players. Yeah, and then just have a ding-dong press conference so I can ask him about Taylor Swift and shit, you know? Yes. Like, <laughs> get my clicks up. All right, boys, um, fascinating conversation as always. Love you guys. We'll talk tomorrow and then off to Vegas as we uh, cover Super Bowl week in our own Kill You With Truth, um, Chuckle at Pain style. There we go. We'll see you. Bye.